W. Gurk in the world, or to discover who was impersonating him, was very strong. Impelled by curiosity, he set off across the square. Number 32A Wembley Road turned out to be an unsavoury eating house. The half-glass shop door was pasted over with advertisements, and light struggled uncertainly through the dirty paper. The name Kemp's was written across the shop front. The young man turned the door handle and stepped into a dingy room which appeared to be empty. At the far end there was a counter and a cooking stove. He advanced and tapped the counter irresolutely. Immediately a door to the right was jerked open, and there appeared a mountain of a man with the most lugubrious face he had ever seen, a small tablecloth tied across his stomach by way of an apron. His head was bald, and his nose had sustained an irreparable injury. He regarded the young man mournfully. "'This is a nice time to think about getting a bit of food,' he observed. "'Everything's off but sausage and mash.' Gerth took the envelope out of his pocket. "'Do you know anything about this?' The stranger eyed the envelope for some time. "'I see,' he said with deliberation. "'You take the long road.' Gerth laughed awkwardly. "'I don't quite follow you.' I came to inquire about this envelope. Have you seen it before? Suppose I have. It happens to be addressed to me, and I'm anxious to know who opened it. Can you tell me who collected it? Is that your name? The big man placed a heavy forefinger upon the inscription. You couldn't prove it, could you? Gerth grew red. If you care to take my tailor's word for it, there's a tab inside my coat. He unbuttoned the threadbare garment and displayed a label with his name written in ink. The man read the label, and then surveyed his visitor critically. "'I suppose it was made for you.' "'I've got thinner,' Gerth said shortly. "'All right. No offence. I believe you. Name a lug, myself. Pleased to meet you. I've got another letter for you, by the way.' He turned round, and after searching the dresser behind him, returned bearing a similar envelope, unopened. The young man took it in bewilderment. "'Sit down.' and I'll bring you a spot of coffee, and a couple of zeps in a smokescreen. I've only got a shilling. Mr. Lug raised his eyebrows. A bob? I'll do you proud for a tanner, my lad. Then you'll have your visible means and tuppence for emergencies. Gerth edged onto one of the benches and tore at the envelope. Three objects fell out upon the table before him. Two pound notes, and an engraved correspondence card. He stared at the card in stupefaction. Mr. Albert Campion, at home, and underneath, in the now familiar handwriting, any evening after twelve, improving conversation, beer, wines, and little pink cakes. Do come. The address was engraved, 17 Bottle Street, W1, entrance on left by police station. Scribbled on the back were the words, Please forgive crude temporary loan. Come as soon as you can. It's urgent. A. C. Val was still examining the message when Mr. Lug appeared with what was evidently his personal idea of a banquet. Gerth ate with gratitude. When he had finished, he looked up at the man who was still standing beside him. I say, have you ever heard of a Mr. Albert Campion? Sounds familiar. Can't say as I place him, though. There was a blankness in the face, which told the boy that further questioning would be useless. Once again Gerth took up the card, 
How do you know that I am the man to receive this letter? Mr. Lugg looked at the envelope. That's your name in it? Yes, but how do you know that I am the Percival St. John Wick's girth? Good, that answers your question, my lad. There ain't two mothers who'd saddle a brat with that lot. I should up it. It's getting late. It was mad, and yet it seemed illogical not to go on. Gerth paid for his food out of his newfound wealth, and walked out of the eating house. He went to the address in Bottle Street largely out of curiosity, but principally, perhaps, because he had nowhere else to go. He cut through Hoban and Soho, and came at last to the cul-de-sac off Piccadilly, which is Bottle Street. The door of number 17 stood ajar. Consoling himself with the thought that nothing could be worse than his present predicament, he pushed it open gingerly and climbed up the wooden steps. After the first landing there was a light, and the stairs were carpeted.